It's the Lowdown, Twang Tuesday edition on Sports 1440. Driven by Wolf GMC Buick, hurry in for GMC's Joy to the Ride event. No payments for 90 days on every new in-stock 2023 GMC and Buick. Ask for details, plus get up to $4,000 in Christmas cash. When I said any Garth Brooks song, I was hoping there'd be a drum and tempo to it, but good job. I did what I could. Thank you. <laughs> hmm. Um, it only works if he talks back and becomes aggressive, and that's the only way the show works. We'll get there. Emmy Lou, heaven only knows. Great tune. Low Tide, have you heard Emmy Lou Harris and Mark Knopfler on the road running tour? Good stuff, Gordoyle. Yes. My favorite song that they do is Why Worry? So good. It's it sounds like a, a like the Everly Brothers. I love the Everly Brothers. And that song, which Mark Knopfler wrote, and I can't remember what Dire Straits album it's on. But Emmy Lou Harris is so like she's fantastic solo, but she might even be better like singing harmonies. Her stuff with Linda Ronstadt, especially I Can't Help It If I'm Still in Love With You, is really good. I'm a big time Emmy Lou Harris fan. And when Emmy Lou Harris and Neil Young got together and sang, that was like heaven on earth for me. That's like the ultimate. Yeah, people are still mad at me for getting your M check, and I feel badly for that. LT, what we need is one of Toronto's doctors to put Campbell on LTIR. Well, I worry about, you know, he is a guy who's like, he can get down on himself. And what I would, this is what I would like to see. I'd like to see him get every second start in Bakersfield, build back his year, and then, you know, maybe make some appearances late in the year when the Oilers have secured a playoff spot and he can show them that he's back. I mean, that's what ultimately I'd like to see because, you know, I know it's sports and I know people get angry at losses, but this is a human being. And, you know, he signed that contract in good faith and he probably felt very good about it and himself. And there may well be a, some pressure that he's put on himself that has contributed to where he is. It's it's not an easy thing, you know. And playing gold in the National Hockey League is is really doing a higher wire act many, many miles above the city without a net. And Jack Campbell's been doing that for a long time. And there's there's a lot of people who have a lot of empathy for anybody in that position. But there's a lot of people who don't, or at least express online in an anonymous way that makes it seem like they don't. And it's it's acidic. It's a negative it's a net negative for society. I wish we weren't that way. And somebody will text in and say, yeah, well, they kill the official in soccer when he makes a bad call. Okay, but, you know, do you, do you have to do that too? Like, there, does, is, there, is there a line where you go, well, this is entertainment. It's not my life. The, the Oilers losing tonight is not a reflection of me as a human being. I mean, that's a pretty healthy attitude to have. I don't know that everybody has that attitude. Do you think Campbell has just given up? No. No, there's just no way. Like, he's doing his best, and maybe he's over 
pressuring himself, if that's a word or a phrase. But no, he's not giving up. He wants to do well. He wants to, to be the guy. Ken Holland wants him to do well. The Oilers want him to do well. These decisions aren't taking, taken lightly. They, they sent him down later than they should have. And they're giving him too many starts. Like, you cannot fault the Edmonton Oilers organization for being too tough on him from a sports point of view. But I'd rather see that than, than you know, I mean, Ve- Ve- what would Vegas have done with him? You know, the Golden Knights. And I know what you're saying. You're saying, well, that's why I want the Oilers to do. I get it. I understand it. But I, uh, Vegas is a brand new operation. They don't have a history. And they clearly have burned some bridges that will or could impact them down the line. Or maybe because it's Vegas, nobody cares and everybody wants to play there anyway. Low Tide, thank you for reminding me we're out of ketchup from John. You're welcome. That is a big deal. Low Tide, not saying it's a bad signing, time will tell, but if they all hadn't signed Connor Brown, who was or is out there, they could have snagged. Your thoughts from old school hockey dog. I'd have to go back. He was the only guy who'd signed for that with that bonus. So, like, they couldn't afford Connor Yamamoto. They had to trade him. Could they have afforded to keep Clem Costin? I don't know. We'd have to look at it. He'd be the name that bumps into my head. No show Wednesdays, so you wouldn't have to show up. That seems a little drastic. Well, I was wondering if that was like, I don't show up on Wednesdays, or we just take Wednesdays off because they're tired of hearing us. Well, as a person on his way to retirement, I could understand why that might <laughs> appeal to people. Right. Um, no, I, I like coming in on Wednesdays. It's too weird a day to have off. If I had, like, Fridays off, that'd be great. But Wednesdays, ah, it's middle of the week. I'm not doing anything else. You're, Might as you're well too be young to take days off yeah, in the you're middle right. of the week. You need to work. I agree. I agree. I'll be You're here. a working man. <laughs> Don't be going lazy boy there. Not that you would. Wednesday wisdom. Hmm. Just trying to figure out how we can have Declan's... I don't know. Give me time. I'll tell you. I think one of the best ones that came in from Ant-Man was a fact or fiction segment Mm. where one of us states a fact or a made-up fact about sports and the other has to figure out if it's real or fake. That's interesting. That or a basketball segment seem to be the top two answers. Declan's naughty bits might be interesting. Oh, okay. We could work what it would look like, but... Just as a, as a as a phrase. Yeah, it's just me listing all my favorite Salma Hayek scenes of all time. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even going to go there, but I think that's nah. a winner. Uh, well, maybe. We'll see. What it's was that movie she was in where she was dancing on the tables? From the... dusk till dawn. Oh, doctor. That's got to be the most used meme in history. It's certainly up there. It's certainly up there with Jared Allen saying the lights were too bright after Cleveland <laughs> lost in the play- NBA playoffs last year. The... I like the woman who does this smile, then maybe, like it's no smile, maybe. It's, it's, I, I, you'd, you'd recognize it if you saw it. Do you know what I'm talking about? Well, you described it so well. How could I not? (laughs) See, here we go. Already with the attitude. Oh, there's the liver shot. Wise guy Wednesday, all Sinatra all day. I'd love that. 
You listen to Summer Wind and tell me Sinatra wasn't one of the greatest singers of all time. Basketball, basketball, agreed Selma is lights out from husks. And she doesn't age. She does not age. Low Tide is a man who is a moderator of two of the Oilers' discords. Let me tell you, people take losing hard, and they are a reflection of them as a person. It's honestly upsetting how hard some people take these losses. What is a discord? So I believe a discord is akin to a chat room or a message board. Oh, like HF boards. Yes, and I could be wrong on that. I'm sure Lance will have more insight. I'm not a part of any discords, but I believe it's essentially, like I said, a message board forum. Emily with Knopfler rolling on. This is us. All good. Ty, do you go back to Skinner on Thursday, or does Pickard get New Jersey in the first of the back-to-back? Coach Mike. New Jersey is the most likely game to win based on numbers. So I would start Skinner. I have no idea what the Otters are going to do. Low Tide, sorry, man. He is not the only athlete who ever got the yips and never made it back. Chuck Knobloch, for one. Sure, we've seen that. That doesn't mean that we, you know, have to pummel the man. And people use sorry so incorrectly, it's mind-boggling. You don't have to be sorry for me to to me for having an opinion that's different than mine. Sorry is not the word. Sorry is when you trip me when I'm walking down the street. Sorry, that's what sorry means. Sorry in this context is instead of saying stupid, you say sorry. Don't do that. Just say your opinion. I Believe me, I've been around people who have different opinions than me pretty much my whole life. This attitude of sports is not life. I'm assuming this came to you after the, the hole in the drywall. Yes. Yes, it did. Yes. Long after that. That was the Messier trade. I was so mad. I Because I knew what it meant. I was smart enough to know that the Stanley Cups were gone. The Messier leaving meant the Stanley Cups were gone. And the era was over. And so I went into my bedroom and I punched a hole in the wall. And my wife came in and called me many names, all of which were deserved. Every word was deserved. Don't do that, you kids at home. I love your opinion on the Condors low tide, but isn't having Seth Griffith taking the top defenseman and giving the second and third pairs to the younger guys helping their development? I don't watch them like you, but just thinking lesser competition is better for development if they're getting ice time. Podcast savior. It's a great point, but here's the thing. Seth Griffith isn't winning that battle. At, at even strength this year in Bakersfield, I think the numbers are 11 goals for and 17 against when Seth Griffith is on the ice. I've loved him as a player for a long time. He's been in the league, I've got to say, 15 years. He's played in the NHL. He's a good player, but he's he's not that player anymore. You need to back it off and give Raphael Lavoie that job and and maybe Borgo the second-line stuff. And then Griffith could still be on the power play. He's really good hands. But at even strength, he's bleeding. And this team is losing. They're playing the veterans and losing. And that was my point of the article. When your AHL team is playing veterans and losing, you no longer blame the coach. 
you blame management. Management is saying playing Jack Campbell. Management may well be saying, don't play Xavier Burgo in a feature role, play him with McKeg on a checking line. We don't believe in him. That was my point of the article. And by the way, on defense, the coaching staff is playing it textbook. That's what makes me think the coaching staff isn't authoring some of these other things. It's like if in our building, somebody came to me and said, don't, don't talk to Declan. Don't let him turn his mic on. Why would I do that? Why on earth would I do that? That makes the show less than it is. You know, there may be a time when somebody in management says to Declan, don't turn low tides mic on. That seems to be reasonable. I think this Friday thing went to your head. I can never be sick again. When I was 12, my friend told me after I made a nice play in dodgeball, that was impressive because, no offense, you're kind of fat. (laughs) Well, that was the nicest kind of fat ever. I got way worse than that. But did you ever play tetherball? Yeah, a couple couple of times. In junior high, a friend of mine had a tetherball stand in his backyard. We would go knock it around a little bit. Did you ever play tetherball with somebody four years older than you and, like, your brother? I did not. But it it sounds like you might have. Tetherball with older people, especially older males when you're like 12, is a death sport because you like, honestly, I remember living in 93 mile house. There was like 10 tether balls and they were all within a little bit of each other. And guys would like you'd be walking through the tetherball area and guys would try to time out hitting you in the face flush with the tetherball. It was unbelievable. And the teachers are like, oh, man. Frank got cranked. The 60s were the weirdest time. They just were. Did you ever play in a playground that was unsafe? Um, I don't know. I think my playgrounds were pretty well regulated. Okay. In the 60s, if there was a safe playground... It was no fun. Well, no. Somebody would come over and make it unsafe because (laughs) these kids are not going to be ready for life. Like shave off a couple edges of the slides. Sure, so you know, jaggy, maybe, yeah. maybe make that one board a little susceptible to breaking. KY jelly on the monkey bars. If a fat kid stepped on it, you know. Yeah. Unbelievable. Well, they had to prepare you guys somehow. <laughs> All right. Daniel Nugent Bowman. Talking Oilers next. Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440. Twang Tuesday edition. Oh, that's a good song. Love Shania Twain. Lowdown is driven by Wolf GMC Buick. Find them on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. We're delighted to be joined by Daniel Nugent Bowman from The Athletic. I don't know where to start. You've been knocking out of the park with all of your articles. Uh, maybe we'll start with the Paul Coffey item. Because for me, it was uh, an opportunity to look at it. one of the former Oilers from the glory years coming back and making an impact. There have been others, Kevin Lowe, Greg McTavish. But coffee in the early days seems to have been able to be a defense whisperer. And uh, based on your article, it sounds like he went about it in a very straightforward way. Yeah, uh, thanks. Uh, thanks, Conley, for the uh, the nice words there, Al. Uh, I, I must say I'm in my house this week, so there's, there's, I didn't make it out. Beautiful. Day, but Beautiful. It'll, it'll be a little quieter. I can make some car noises if, if you want. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's funny, right? Like, when they announced Paul Coffey as assistant coach, 
uh, the coaching changes uh, on November 12th, everyone kind of said, really? Uh, what's his coaching experience? Well, it's minor hockey and the Spengler Cup and, and one year in the Ontario Junior Hockey League, uh, which is a step uh, we pretty much consider it a step below the Ontario Hockey League, although you know it's a little bit different because some of those players are going want to go the college route. But um, that's not a lot, <laughs> and you're going. It's not like the Edmonton Oilers are uh, a team that, that are supposed to be rebuilding, and they've got all these flush young prospects, and you can work with them. No, this is a team that's supposed to be competing for a Stanley Cup, and you're bringing in a coach that has very little experience. But the way Coffee has gone about it is, you know, I don't. In talking to him, I don't think he pretends to be the smartest guy in the room. He kind of knows the game, certainly, as a, as a very highly regarded player, a Hall of Famer, um, and, and is a straight shooter. Like, uh, he tries to be positive, and he tries to be frank and direct. Um, very, you know, his wish list for players is pretty. It's a pretty small one. He wants them to make good passes, make good plays, uh, you know, and, and be direct with, with the way that they're playing. Um, otherwise, uh, you know, I, I think it's it's a matter of just telling it like it is. And uh, he relies on, on Mark Stewart, he, you know, a, a guy that has a little bit more, um, certainly a more recent player and certainly uh, somebody that, that's been, uh, has more experience as a coach than he does. Um, and so far, so good. I mean, obviously, the last couple of games have been a bit of a blip. But I don't think you put too much of that on the defense, quite frankly, even though there's uh, seven goals uh, against the Lightning, albeit two into an empty net. Uh, I think Stuart Skinner, um, you know, took the blame for that one, and probably rightly so. Uh, and even in the t- in the Florida game, a lot of those mistakes in the defensive zone were made by forwards. Yes. If you, if you look at the goals, uh, on, if you look at uh, what happened on the goals. So uh, the defense has been much improved under Paul Coffey, and uh, obviously – there's a long ways to go because this team isn't in the playoff spot and they're a game below 500, NHL 500 right now. But uh, there are some positive signs with the, with the way that uh, things have gone under his watch. Uh, Daniel, that bleeds into your uh, really good interview or your really good uh, article about Evan Bouchard. Some of it, coffee talking about what he likes. And on the defensive side, making good defensive plays along with the bomb shots. One of those bomb goals that he scored uh, came after two really nice defensive plays by Bouchard in the same shift. And that's, you know, part of the things about young defensemen is that they don't develop in a straight line. But when they when they start to get it, and I think Bouchard is with or without Ekholm, but this year has been a sort of started slow, but really improvement. We're kind of seeing Bouchard, not necessarily a coming out party, but I remember recently people saying, man, they should have drafted Noah Dobson. You're not hearing that as much anymore. Yeah, I mean, uh, in fairness, uh, Noah Dobson's having a terrific year, too. So those two are going to be joined at the hip and, and two very young and, and promising and, already, and you know very good defensemen already. Um, part of the article um, was I had a chance to go and, and watch one of uh, Evan Bouchard's skating um, instructions this summer. And a lot of that skating was tailored toward um, his – knowing that he, he had to take a step defensively and, and what needed to happen for him to do that. And it was kind of taking away milliseconds uh, in terms of his, his movement to get places faster, uh, making better reads, things of that nature. Um, and it was just so, you know, having seen that, uh, obviously, uh, you know, the, the way he ended last season, that's what made kind of the start of the year so, uh, you know, bizarre for him and, and, and the Oilers. And you mentioned Paul Coffey. Uh, as it pertains to Evan Bouchard, he said, hey, like, 
you know, I'm paraphrasing here, but basically he told Bouchard that, you know, there's no bigger risk reward player than, than myself in terms of what Paul Coffey is saying to him. And, but you have to know when to pick your spots, right? You, you, the, the risk can't outweigh the reward. Um, and I think Bouchard's taken that to heart. And, and so there was that message and there was also kind of the, uh, you know, making sure you're starting on time. Uh, you can't come in 10 minutes late to a game uh, and uh, expect to not only do well and help a team or, um, you know, expect to keep playing a, a lot. So uh, two messages that I think went right to, to Bouchard's ears. Uh, but yeah, you're seeing the, the offensive game has pretty much always been there. I mean, I know he had a, a blip at the start of last season where he wasn't scoring. Of course, he wasn't on the power play, the first power play at that time. But the offensive game is something that he's been known for for years, and uh, it's it's the defensive side that everyone's kind of been uh, wanting to see a little bit more from him. From him, and and I think you know he's starting to kind of show that uh, now as he uh, as he matures in this league. You also wrote an article about an extra middle six forward or two uh, might be, wouldn't go amiss for the Edmonton Oilers. Now, Dylan Holloway, as you mentioned, is a guy almost, you know, here. But the Connor Brown experiment so far hasn't worked. We know that based on what we're seeing tonight for the lineups, or at least the projected lineups. Evander Kane isn't 100%. And it's... You know, I know part of it is the cap, Daniel. They don't have 23 men on the roster. But it's not a good look when you have to break up such a hot, hot offensive line as the McDavid line is to, to be able to, to kind of send support to the second line with it instead of moving somebody else up. Um, how, I guess my question is, how, where would you put that in terms of goalie defense forward? Where's the priority among forwards? Is it the third priority or is it higher? Oh, that's a good question. And um, you're, first of all, you're right. I mean, Chris Knobloch even spoke to it earlier, the fact that he doesn't like changing lines that are going well. And, you know, that, that Nugent Hopkins, McDavid, uh, Highland line was, was going very well. And he's had to, uh, at least we think, he's, he's going to have to switch it up. Um, yeah, dry, Leon Dreisaitl, I know this, this dovetails into what you wrote out. Like, he's been in a major funk, too. Uh, Vander Kane, of course. And it just, you're right, with, with Connor Brown not, fitting into the top six the way he was uh, intended to uh, when he was assigned. Um, they're missing a top six winger, and, and really they might even be missing another one within the middle six um, because Ryan McLeod has, has really struggled too. And I, I know he's still pushing play. You know, he's got like a 60%. Of course, he has 60% uh, percent expected goals, but, you know, the, the real goals are, are a big issue right now, right? So, um where it ranks, I mean, a goaltending has to be number one. And, and I say that um, still really believing in, in Stuart Skinner. Um, they just haven't given him any kind of shelter. Um, with due respect to Pal, Cal Pickard, excuse me, uh, who is, you know, a, a competent, uh, you know, NHL guy with NHL experience. Um, he's not somebody that can play 40% of the games or whatever, 45% of the games, which is what, you know, Stuart Skinner needs like he he can't go out there, um, you know, playing eight games in a row or, or whatever he was seven or eight games in a row during, you know, and and credit to, to Skinner during that stretch he played very well, but you kind of saw the the aftermath in that game against Tampa where he wasn't very good and and of course everyone's going to have a bad game but they need somebody that can can push Stuart Skinner uh, for that number one job it doesn't maybe have that put, that goaltender doesn't have to overtake Skinner, but he really needs to push him. 
Um, yeah, there are some there's some big holes at forward. Like I said, they they need a, a, a top six, middle six guy. They need a depth center, um, and I mean defense for as well as things seem to be improving around here. Um, I don't think anyone um, thinks that this defense is, is set in terms of it being the type to win a Stanley Cup. I think they need one more guy. So that's a lot of holes, and we know the cap situation, right? So uh, I don't envy management uh, in terms of the, the work that they have to do, uh, but they're the ones that, that obviously created the the, the, uh, the roster and, and mess, I'll say, uh, to, to begin with. So some work to do, and, and um, you know, March 8th is, is coming quickly. So um, it, it's, uh, it's, there's a lot that needs to be done, and it'll be interesting to see how, how it all shakes up in the next uh, few weeks here. There's no anticipation of any moves being made before midnight by the orders in the roster freeze. I don't think so. I mean, stranger things have happened, but um, if they haven't cleared a goaltender by now, I don't expect it to happen. You know, in the next uh, a few moments here. Um, again, we'll see, but I, I would put it as doubtful. The 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 last fifteen games or so, the defense has looked very good. Uh, I don't anticipate Philip Broberg returning anytime soon. He's playing very well in Bakersfield. Is there, in your opinion, enough value there? Do you think the Oilers could get enough value for Broberg that he might be a piece uh, that will be dealt here toward the deadline? Um, that's a good question. Um, are they better served to keep him? Or like, I, I think he, he wants to play. Like he wants to be an NHL player. You know, from talking to people around the organization, he, he I, I think he still would like that to be in Edmonton. Um, but, you know, I, I think the preference is probably to, to be an NHL player over, over uh, anything else, and, and that's, that's fair. Um, again, in terms of value, he's, he, I, I think he is valuable to some teams in the sense that, you know, he's a, a guy that was picked eighth in the draft not too long ago. Uh, has a really cheap contract given that he's on entry level, and, and there are some um, complications in the fact that uh, he does have some um, some bonuses um, in terms of uh, performance bonuses that could count against the cap if, if the team is an LTIR, etc. Um, but still, again, a cheap contract, a guy who hasn't done enough or doesn't have enough experience to really get a big contract or, or anything other than really a, a, a uh, a bridge deal on his next uh, contract uh, in the summer. So I think teams can value that. And um, what that would mean, though, for the Oilers, I, I don't know. I mean, I think given their cap situation um, and the fact that he's not on the roster right now to, to you know, as a player to come off, you know, the roster and the cap, um, they're going to have to um, probably get somebody pretty cheap in return, at least right now. Um, and so you're kind of looking at similar to like a Sam Rukoff for Koskin, Koskin deal last year where it's, um, you know, um, change of scenery for change of scenery with two young guys. So how that helps the Oilers, I mean, if, if they want to get a forward uh, in, in that deal, um, there is room on the roster for, for, for a good young forward um, in addition to somebody like Dylan Holloway uh, who's coming off on IR, uh, off LTIR excuse me, pretty soon. Um, so I think that's probably the deal. But in terms of what another team would want to give up for for a, a player like Broberg, I'm not sure. But I, I, again, I think it's it's probably like a a one for one type of 
uh, you know, two guys that haven't uh, performed up to up to par yeah. right now. Yeah, that 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 makes sense. Uh, odds that the first round pick in twenty twenty four is gone before the deadline. If they're in the mix for the playoffs, which I, they should be, I know they're out. They, they have a lot of games in hand uh, on teams. Um, I don't see how this pick is still here. I mean, this is the time to to make hay, and, and especially when they don't have a lot to move off the roster. Uh, they're going to have to move something a la Tyson Berry last year uh, or last deadline to, to to bring in a player. Like, they're going to have to move some money out. Um, uh, but they don't have a lot of prospects uh, that uh, would be, uh, you know, eye-catching to other teams. Like, the first-round pick is, is – is is the thing that they can move, and uh, you know, with, with Connor McDavid and Leandre selling the end of, this, the, uh, of their deals, and this team being in a situation where they should win, I, I really don't see how you keep that first round pick. Uh, so uh, I would put it at probably like a ninety percent um, chance that that, that 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 pick is gone. So when you look at um what's happened so far this year and the ups and downs of it. Do you th- like, I like the defensive structure for most of the time. Knobloch's been here. It kind of faltered a little bit against Florida. It, it, do you get the sense that the team um, like recognizes that and knows how to get back on the beam? Because traditionally the orders defensively have always been a little looser than you'd like. Oh, that's that's an understatement now. Um, yeah, but that was I, I kind of appreciated Knobloch's comments after the game, where very direct, um, yeah, very, very like borderline frustrated with with how the team played. Um, just saying they gave up this lot too easily, and I think Evander Kane even used the word "soft" in their own end, and and I, those words carry a lot of weight. I mean, you can't do that well every time as a coach, but. Um, Again, I, I look at that that uh, Tampa game for giving up seven goals again, two and two in empty net for giving up five goals in the Tampa game. I, I thought they played pretty well defensively. Like, they were by far the better team in that game. So you're really looking at a, at least right now a one off. So if you're the Oilers and and you've got a pretty tough road trip heading into the break, um, you're looking to kind of change that pretty quickly. And I, I think they can. Um, I don't see, based on the previous, um, we'll say even nine games before that loss um, um, on ta- uh, or on the weekend, if it was Saturday, um, I don't see any reason why they can't go- get back to that. And so that that's going to be a huge, um, uh, a huge, uh, you know, uh, of, of major importance to this team. But I, I I do think they can do it. I know that would be uh, atypical of the, of the Oilers um, in terms of. Uh, having sound defensive play for a long time, but I, I do think that um, they have the means uh, in, and the ability in them to, to get it done. All right, enjoy the holiday, sir. You're very welcome, and well, you you too, and, and uh, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to all the listeners out there. All right, Daniel Nugent Bowman from the Athletic. Now I'm not on next week, so we're not on next week, so we will see him. What is that? The 20th, uh, in January. If my if my math is correct, we'll see him in January. One thirty seven. People are coming at me. I love it. Your reaction to me saying calm down. It's pretty funny. On the way next.
Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440. Twang Tuesday. We got through it without playing Willie, which is a heartbreaking thing, but I suggested all the songs, so it's on me. Didn't have any Amy Lou either. I might have to bring in my old records. Do you have a turntable? Do you have a record player? I don't personally, but I know my dad has one. My daughter has one, and sometimes I'll be walking by her room and I'll go, "Holy!" And I it, because the sound is different. Vinyl just sounds different, even the without the nicks and the crackles, and uh, it's such a good authentic sound. And reading the liner notes was basically the best activity of youth. And the lyrics, you had to read the lyrics on Stone's album. You had no choice. We'll see, but I bet Skinner gets out goaltended tonight against the Islanders, Randy. Well, that's not really the question, though, Randy. The question is, who is the best option on the roster? The coaching staff can't, you know, make somebody who doesn't, who's not employed by the radio, by the radio station, by the team, uh, play. It just can't. So they have their options. And Stuart Skinner is the best option. Let me get this straight. Leon and Evander are not playing well, so it's Connor Brown's fault. I guess blame some has to go somewhere. I hope Brown works out. He's very good on the penalty kill. Hustles a ton. Thanks, bad talks. Well, bad talks. Connor Brown isn't isn't doing what he did when he was an established NHL player. He's doing some of it, but not all of it. So you need to have somebody replace him on the skill lines until he's up to, you know, par. And look, we're 20 games in now. We're more than 20 games in. We're almost half a season. At some point in time, you can't wait any longer. Low Tide, would you trade Broberg for Wallstrom? Love the show, BK. No. No, Broberg is a better player. Wallstrom needs to go somewhere and reinvent himself a little bit. And so he would he would probably require a lesser player than Broberg. I was in the mall today, and I just have to say, Low Tide's head is not misshapen at all from Scott. Was that a thing? Were you guys talking about that Friday? Don't lie to me. <laughs> we were not. Come on now. At all. Yeah. That came out of the blue. Come on that, now. That was Scott's own own thought process that he came up with and then redacted. We didn't say anything. Somebody just sent me a picture of a place called Burger, she wrote, and I'm in love. We, do you want to go for lunch after this? No. Okay. I mean, I'm going to, but not with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, for sure. I bet Skinner's great tonight. He's pissed off. It would have been me. I'd started him against Florida. I would have as well. Example, Martin St. Louis, little coaching experience, but players respect Hall of Famers, just like coffee from Bird. Sir Tide, maybe you should drag Weird Al Wednesdays out of mothballs. Every day with me is weird. That's what <laughs> makes the show. Um, when did the apple tree take the beating? Yeah, I took a bit of a hit there um, because I said to everybody, calm down. And then I'm being reminded of things that I did in the past, like punch a hole in the wall with the Mark Messier trade. And the, 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 the thing about chopping down the tree is that I, I did it over a baseball pitcher, Chris Hammond, who was pitching in, in Denver. So that's completely different. 
Low Tide Connor Brown was a 20-goal guy. What is that worth? We got him for seven seventy five. The bonus is next year. Well, Doug, the bonus is still there. The bonus, it will. I mean, it really puts the new general manager behind the eight ball. You, it, it, I know, I said, I wrote about it. I said, this is an astute move. But another astute move would have cover for Brown until he gets there. They don't have that. That's why I'm being critical of management. I don't know what the, the pro management people are coming out of the mothballs today. They haven't been here for a while. I like it. If it wasn't for the Messier trade, we wouldn't have Louis DeBrusque as our caller analyst today. I like Louis DeBrusque. I'm not going to be putting down Louis DeBrusque. I've only met him a couple of times. First class guy. His son's a great player. Um, I know people are like mad that he says, you know, he repeats himself a lot, but as a broadcaster, if repeating yourself a lot meant you didn't broadcast anymore, there's a lot of us who'd be out of work. Have you seen the Canadian music show at Mayfield Dinner Theatre from KCF? You'd likely love it. I have not KCF, but I'm, in, I'm encouraged. Blue Hair Thursdays. Just talk 60s players and play Perry Como. Well, that's top drawer idea. I love it. Perry Como rocks. Nobody could wear a sweater like Perry Como. Well, that's not true. No male could wear a sweater like Perry Como. Discord is an application that allows you to have text channels, voice channels, and video conferences from Stretch. A Discord is a combination of a forum and a chat room. Would love to have you join Low Tide from Lance. You know, the only reason I won't, because I like interaction, is I don't have time. Um... I loved HF boards. I learned so much from HF boards. I met most of the people in the Ologosphere through HF boards. You can't put a word that's naughty in front of Wednesday and ask me to read it. You can, but it's not going to happen. Gumboot Fridays. Do you ever have gumboots when you're a kid? No, I don't actually think I know what gumboots are. Well, if they're, have you ever like been in the rain? Yes. And there's been like a lot of puddles around? Oh, yeah. When I was a kid growing up in, in Haney, in, in Maple Ridge, I'd have a slicker and I'd have gumboots walking so, home. Like a slicker I'm familiar with. Gumboots are essentially just rain boots. Yeah, they're like rubber boots, you might call them. Yeah, so what's a gumboot Friday? You just wear them? Well, it, it sort of implies that it's going to be we're we're getting we're we're getting going we're moving. Okay, I think I don't know. I don't know. This is your area of expertise. I'm, well, not really. I don't know what the hell he's talking about. I'm a fish out of water here a little bit. I feel Declan's pain when LT rejected him just now about burgers. She wrote, "Ouch!" From Justin. Look, I do it to every producer. Every producer wants to come to my house. Uh, Tyler Uremchuk has been there. Matthew Awanek has been there. Well, so clearly you don't say no to everybody. It's a they didn't get view. in the house. Okay, they just got to see the driveway. Your Emchuk brought a very expensive bottle of rye, thanked me for all that I did for him, mm-hmm. told me he was resigning, and I said, okay, I'm not good at people. No, like, hey, that's fair. I, you know, like I, I say nice things about you when you're not around, Yeah, but the whole people thing, uh, like here's the problem. Let's say I get to know you. 
really well. Yeah. And let's say I really like your family yeah. and I like your girl and I like all of you. And then something happens and you are cast as the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Then I have to know that. Yeah. I have to know. I just friend Aaron once. She's still my friend. She gave me the national anthem uh, a cappella on cassette or reel to give to the Edmonton uh, at the time trappers. And I, I didn't listen to it and I didn't give it to them. Do you know why? Why? Because I didn't want her to be terrible. And if I listened to it, I'd know she was terrible. And if I gave it to them and didn't listen to it, they'd think she's terrible. And then I didn't want to have to deal with her being terrible. So I didn't do it. That is not a, a healthy person, but that is who I am with friends. I'd say the heart's in the right place. No, it isn't. She did. The, she's well, a beautiful, from beautiful person. She's one of my favorite people in the world. She can sing, and I didn't do it because I was afraid that she couldn't sing. What kind of an idiot am I? That's just there's there's so many wrong-headed things in that, and I did all of it. I still think the heart was in the right place. Mm-hmm. You wanted to save her from embarrassment. But how did I know? Why didn't I trust my friend? Yeah, why didn't you listen? Why don't why wouldn't I trust you to not be an ass to the people that you love? Yeah. Don't know. I see where you're coming from. I'm just saying. We agree on a lot, but not Perry Como. From Brian S. I love Perry Como. There was a TV show. He did the thing. It was called In Seattle. Prettiest lives on earth in Seattle. I really like Perry Como. Hot diggity. I think that was him. Now, Dean Martin did That's Amore, which is among those, you know, balladeers, boomy voices, people. You know, I, every Sinatra's different. Sinatra's in a level of his own. But Dean Martin, That's Amore. When the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, that's amore. What else is there? That's it. That's life right there. Mystery Monday. Low Tide breaks down random episodes of Matlock, Colombo, or Murder, she wrote from Coach Mike. I totally would do that. Perry Como, like more like Perry Comb over. I think he always had hair. Maybe you're thinking of Jerry Vale. Gunboats Fridays, <laughs> Maidstone Trivia, and Hot Market Reports. Okay. You know how many people who do, what's that thing, Bitcoin? Do you know how many Bitcoin people try to get a hold of me to do Bitcoin? I'm not doing Bitcoin. You heard it here first. Low Tide is out on Bitcoin. Don't I'm not try. doing it. It looks like a little, you know, not, not, you know. Guys, looks- whatever you're going to do, don't <laughs> send Low Tide anything about Bitcoin. No Bitcoin. I, right now, I hate you. I just got to say, you know. <laughs> I'm just saying I'm not doing it. I'm not doing that. I would invest in your ranch, but not that. Not handing in that tape of your friend singing is a jerk move. You shocked me today, sir. That's my point. That's my point. I'm sure I shocked her when I told her, too. Apparently, there is a gumboot dance. That's a shady act, low tide, but we all make mistakes. 
as long as we learn and grow. But I don't really. I don't really. Low tide is out on Bitcoin. <laughs> Prices are going to tumble now. Uh, if they do, then everybody's lost. Bingo Wednesday. I would do that. Miss Kevin Quinn quite a bit. I always liked him. People are making comments about broadcasters again. Just so you know, on this show, we're not, we never do that. Anybody who is a broadcaster is somebody I respect. And I would never, ever harpoon them because they could do the same to me. I make 10,000 mistakes between noon and two. I have a two hour show and I can't keep it together. People forget we're all human hockey players, refs, GM, all of it makes mistakes will be made. We're not robots. Why worries from brother in arms? Thank you, Scott. That's a great album. That's the one that has uh, money for nothing. And does it have So Far Away on it? Has Walk of Life on it. That's for sure. So Far Away is so good. Yeah. He wrote that song when he was in Spain and his wife was in the rain and he flipped it. He said, you've been in the sun and I've been in the rain. And his wife, when she heard it, she got mad at him and punched him. I don't know if she punched him. Low Tide is the heel of 1440. Well, if you're just finding that out, you haven't been paying attention. Wing testing Wednesday. Just try different wings. I like that. Low Tide won't speak bad about broadcasters, won't hand in their mixtapes, 100% out on Bitcoin. Yeah. Like if you, if I knew you were good at something, if you said to me, I want to be a producer with, you know, the CBC. I know people at the CBC. I probably would take your tape over there because it's a known skill you have. But my friend didn't, I didn't know if she could sing. And I should have just said something, but I didn't. It's a flaw. It's the only one. Well, I also get outraged when this damn music plays because I know it's the cue to shut up and, you know, move on with your life irritating and i was one that asked for it too but i'll forget that soon and just yell at declan thanks so much for tuning into the lowdown we really appreciate you we'll be back tomorrow i'm assuming and jason gregor is next enjoy your day time for a sports update